You're on the mic with JD, an extraordinary show for ordinary people. Let's go. What's up, good people? You're on the mic with JD. This episode, we got a very special guest uh, joining us today. Marcus, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, good, good. How's everything with you? Uh, good, you know. Where are you at these days? Uh, um, I'm out in Jacksonville right now. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What, uh... What, what do you want your listeners to know? What, what, tell us something interesting about yourself. Um, well, as you said, my name's Marcus. I've been here, uh, oh, been in the Army for about three years now. I think it's three years back in October. Time's flying, but um, getting ready to head out um, on a deployment, my first deployment. So uh, pretty exciting stuff coming up. Yeah, I mean, those are exciting times. I definitely want to talk to you about, um, you know, kind of the emotions and and everything that's kind of going through your mind of uh, what your expectations are on this deployment. I mean, a lot's been on my mind, you know. Majority of the time, I don't really, not really thinking about it. You know, I'm just kind of, enjoying my time here in the States and doing the things that I like to do um, while I can. And, but I mean, it really starts to settle in. You get, you get that alone time and, or like you're ready to go to bed and you start thinking about it and your imagination is kind of does what it does. But I mean, for the most part, I'm excited. It's going to be good experience and especially like with it being sort of, peacetime nowadays and, and, you know, kind of going past moving forward from, you know, the G watt era and kind of like a new, the, the new frontier, the, the new army, the new era, you know, it's interesting that you say the new army. What do you, what do you exactly mean by that? Well, it's definitely like, it's a new, it's a newer generation that's coming in and, People have a different mindset than they did back, you know, when guys were going to Iraq and Afghanistan, um, you know, because looking back, post 9-11, everybody was kind of joining up, you know, they wanted to get into the fight or they wanted, you know, they just wanted to get after it. And um, I think people are definitely joining for different reasons. I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, there are worse reasons or anything like that to, to join the military, but it's just different. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting that you say that. Um, because I ask people all the time, um, you know, why they join and you're right. Like post nine 11, you know, everybody joined to, uh, you know, help support and defend the country and the United States and its people. And, you know, there was a lot of pride in that. And now that, you know, the wars or the conflicts are kind of drying up, you know, for somebody who's been in the army, 
you know, only a couple of years to hear you say that, you know, why others are joining up and it's not necessarily um, for those patriotic reasons. It's for a number of other reasons. And, um, you know, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head with that one that uh, everybody has their own reason uh, to join. So um, I've deployed a few times as well. And I'll tell you that those anxieties, they, they don't go away. Right. And you're wondering, you know, what it's going to be like over there. And, you know, all these things are going through your mind and you're like, this is an, another country. It's another part of the world. It's somewhere I've never been. I wonder what it's going to be like. I wonder what my work's going to be like, you know, and I'll tell you every time that I've went and I got somewhere when I finally got there, it was like, this is just like back home. There's really no difference. You know, obviously you're in a different country. There's different cultures and things like that. But actually like being on the ground there thinking I'm going to be in some far foreign land and things are going to be so much different. And then when you get there, it's like, huh, it's kind of the same, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it's good to have those anxieties. So Marcus, um, you know, being one of the, you know, being that you've only been in the army a couple of years and probably one of the younger guys that is going on this uh, deployment. Um, how do you think, you know, as a low ranking member of your team, how do you contribute to that team? Um, I mean, before I even came to the unit, I, I spoke with the readiness NCO and he, he told me like, it's like, look, he's going to be, you're going to be around. Older guys, majority of these guys are in their their thirties, you know. And he said, "I I gotta have a have a different kind of you know maturity about me. You know, it's you, you're gonna have the expectation of you know the younger guys are gonna do something dumb and you know mess it up for everybody, but you just gotta you gotta be mature, you know, big boy rules and." I think I have been able to contribute pretty well towards, you know, the mission and just during PMT and, you know, just being able to do your job efficiently is, you know, all you got to do because at the end of the day, it's not, it's not a one man show. You know, everybody's a team. We're all working together and I'm just like, you know, another puzzle piece to help, you know, put this picture together. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think that if everybody understands what their lane is and, and their role in the organization that and, and stay within their lanes, you know, you have to blur the line sometimes through communication and things like that. But I think it's so important, um, especially for young guys like yourself that are saying like, hey, you know, this is my piece of the pie. I want to master this piece. I want to be, you know, value added to a team that that speaks volumes about your maturity, you know, and um, I would definitely say that, you know, being a leader of, of soldiers, you know, in the past and, and present that, you know, yes, the maturity level is definitely not always there. 
Um, do you have any any issues with any of your peers, like as far as like maturity levels and things like that uh, in your organization? Um, no, not really. I mean, for the most part, you know, guys are where they need to be at the right time and, you know, get what they need done, they get it done. And this, I mean, it's really how it should be. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely facts. I mean, for a young, you know, young trooper out there, you know, right place, right time, right uniform, something to write on and write with, you know, those are the basic um, keys to success for execution um, and, and being a, you know, just being a professional in a professional environment. So, yeah, Mark is just starting off your career. You know, you're a couple of years in, um, you know, one of the the things that you should be thinking about uh, now early on in your career is, you know, your goals and your end state for, you know, why you're serving or how long you want to serve. Do you have any idea or do you have any goals uh, in the future? I mean, as far as, as far as short term, um, we're going on this, we're going on the move, coming back in six months. I got some schools lined up. Um, airborne school at the reclass going seaburn <clears throat> but um, as far as the long term um, even before I you know enlisted and, and joined the army I, I wanted to commission and, and become an officer um, so I'm definitely going to be starting that process after we come back there's been you know a few bumps in the road but nothing ever goes how you plan things to be. And I definitely learned that pretty early in my career as well. Yeah, um, I would definitely say that, you know, anything worth having is definitely not easy to get. Right. So, you know, if it's worth it, you know, you, you will chase it and you'll go out there and you'll earn it. You know, if it's handed to you, I mean, how do you really respect it? So Marcus, you had mentioned that, um, you know, you wanted to become an officer one day um, after you get back and start getting into schools. And are you doing uh, how are you going about uh, becoming an officer? What does that career track look for you? Um, as of right now, I'm going to be doing uh, just ROTC at a university. Um, since I'm in the since I'm in the National Guard, I get to do like. They got what's called the SMP program and where you're, you know, you're in the guard, you're doing ROTC at the same time and get my commission that way. But um, you have to compete for an active duty slot, which is what I'm going to have to do. So that's interesting that the National Guard offers um, this SMP program um, through ROTC. And is that a college of your choosing? Yes, that is a college of your choosing. And they actually have an SMP scholarship. But if you take the scholarship, you can't go active duty. You have to either stay in the guard or you have to go in the reserves. Oh, so, so it's I a, can't it's, take the scholarship. Got you. So you got to do it the old hard way. So you're going to have to get a job. You're going to have to, I, I would assume, use your benefits or uh, you should be getting benefits on this rotation, right? Because... Are you guys, right. you guys are going to be over 180 days. So you, 
should qualify for veterans benefits and stuff like that, right? Right. And I, I know that they changed um they changed it for the GI Bill that I, I do get more than what a regular National Guardsman would get, but I don't think it's like the same as a full like active duty Montgomery GI Bill would be. But I mean the National Guard also has you got federal and state tuition assistance. Um depending on what state you're in, you can there's um you can get tuition waived, you know, for for being in the National Guard if you go to um like a state university. So there's there's definitely like my school is paid for for sure. Wow, that's pretty awesome actually. And and you know, National Guardsmen deploying, you know, OCONUS is far few and in between these days. And uh, there's active duty units out there that they don't get rotations and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, in one of my past segments, I was talking about deployments being kind of like the Super Bowl for soldiers, you know, and what they train for and prepare for, you know, kind of like, you know, a, a football player in the NFL um, practicing day in and day out and, and fighting for a chance to play in the Super Bowl and giving your all, you know, through everything. Um, you know, readiness being a big thing, uh, being that you guys are National Guard, um, I would imagine that sometimes it's pretty hard to stay ready. Is, is that true or not? Um, honestly, it just, it, it varies from, individual to individual. I mean, in terms of, you know, physical readiness, that's, that's on you, you know, to, you know, get up, go to the gym and, or go run and, you know, nobody can get you in shape for you. No, that's, that's a fact. Unless you're a personal trainer. I don't know. Are you a personal trainer too? No, I'm not a personal trainer. Or is that just what you tell the ladies in the gym? Ah, but um, I mean, yeah. I, in terms of you know staying ready for your for your job, you know, MOS specific. I mean, you're not doing it every day, you know. So right, because you have a day job. Right, right. Um, you know, guys could be contractors, then they would be doing their job, you know, every day. But you know, other guys, you know, a lot of guys are cops, firefighters. I worked at a car wash, but kayak guide for a while, you know. No, that's interesting, you know, because it, it's true that, you know, everybody comes from all walks of life in a National Guard and Reserve type of unit. And then they have to stop everything in their lives, come together, you know, convert to becoming full time soldiers a short window of opportunity to get ready and prepare yourself uh, to go, you know, overseas and do a mission or, you know, for X amount of months or close to a year. And then you come back and you got to go back to regular life. You know, what do you, what do you think that transition is going to be like for you? I mean, we, we've heard, and I've been, I've been told that, you know, the hardest part about deployments isn't, isn't leaving, but, you know, coming back and reintegrating to, you know, normal, quote unquote, you know, right. life and doing the things that you used to. But, 
I mean, I think for the National Guard is definitely, I think you you can get the the best of both worlds, depending on you know, depending on the unit and what your job is or you know what you like to do. Because I mean, up until September, I was just a regular drilling guardsman. Like I was working, doing, living regular civilian life besides going to drill and your annual training. Right. No, I I would definitely say that um, coming back is very difficult, you know, because when you left, things were a certain way. Um, And while you're gone, things evolve and things change. But when you come back, the last thought you had was the thought you had before you left. So you expect things to be the same and they're not. Um, everybody is moving on with their life and your life kind of paused uh, while you were gone. And the expectation when you came back was that things were going to be the way they were and they're not. And that is a shock. Um, you know, again, I've been I've been gone a few times and every time I came back, I thought that things were going to be the same and things were not. Things were different. Music's different. Shows are different. Life is different. Your kids are different. It's it's definitely, you know, wherever you heard that from, they hit the nail on the head with that one because that is a culture shock all in its own. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely keep an open mind when coming back. All right, Marcus. So I want to shift gears a little bit and, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about while you're gone. Um, I want to talk to you about resiliency and kind of, you know, your thoughts of, you know, how you're going to stay resilient while you're gone, um, being emerged in a new culture, being emerged in a different way of life, a different setting in a different country, you know, how do you plan on dealing uh, with those uh, changes in your life? I mean, uh, I definitely plan on staying busy, you know, keeping my mind occupied. You know, I'll be working. We do have a pretty, we got a pretty good mission and there's a lot of work to be done. And um, if I'm not working, I'll probably be in the gym. If I'm not in the gym, then I'm eat, you know, and uh, <laughs> gym tan laundry. GTL. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, in terms of like immersion and, and, you know, getting used to, you know, the new country, I mean, you just got to kind of go head first with it, you know, try the local food, you know, try to learn the language, you know, just get along with the, the people as best you can. Yeah, no, that's a super important, you know, thing that you brought up right there because, Being culturally immersed in a foreign country, you know, whether you're in a partner nation country or a host nation country or or whatever, like it's super important um, to be able to give the greeting of the day in their language, if their language is other than ours, you know. Um, But uh, you're totally correct right there. Like you need to be immersed in the culture. You need to try um, 
you know, their foods and understand, you know, their way of life there and wherever you're going to be. And um, it goes a long way when you're looking, you know, you never know what, what, what could happen. Right. And who may you, you might need help from. And, you know, if you're building those relationships uh, in those countries uh, and you're, you know, to them, like a stand up guy um, and, and you're, you're always trying, uh, people respect that. So you only got a couple years in the military and you're already thinking, you know, uh, these four thought, these are things that senior leaders, uh, think about, you know, but here you are a couple years in, you know, not, not a whole lot of operational experience, you know, mostly all just training and, you're already thinking about culture and you're thinking about, you know, that awareness and, and trying to be emerged in that. Um, that's going to take you so far. You know, I really don't think you realize how far that goes in those countries. So for resiliency, um, you know, because it's super important to be able to kind of woosah, right? Um, you know, me, I'm, I'm pretty introverted and uh, I don't, like to be around a lot of people all the time. And, uh, so for me, I need that time to kind of decompress. Uh, but you said you're going to be in the gym, you know, throwing it, throwing it down. I would say that you can kind of look at deployments, like being locked up in prison, you know, like it's a routine. You got lunch, you got the gym and you got a little bit of time to, uh, to, to politic, right. And, and, and get after, you know, quote unquote work. So, um, you know, you could look at it that way. Um, but finding what works for you to kind of take your mind away from the day to day grind, um, is going to be important, you know, and understanding that a deployment is not a sprint. It's a marathon, right. Um, but, when people get into, you know, get into the seat and they take over the operation, they want to start sprinting again. You have to understand what the continuity of that operation is. And if you're supporting, you know, an effort that's been there for quite a while and you guys come with all this new energy, just understand that those people may have been there for a while. Right. And they've already been through a couple of rotations with a couple of different people or teams um, uh, or units or whatever. And they may be wore out, you know, where you guys are trying to sprint and run um, and they're telling you, like, look, it doesn't work like that here. You know, you kind of got to listen to some degree. But um, I say that to say, like, you can burn yourself out really fast. Um, by doing all nighters and not getting proper rest and, you know, not taking care of yourself. And that's kind of where I'm going with the resilient stuff is, you know, make sure there's time carved out um, for yourself to unwind and decompress. So um, if you haven't thought of that, um, you know, it, it may be worth thinking about. All right, Marcus. Well, I'm going to open up the floor to you. Um, If there's anything that, you know, left that you want to say or get out there, this has been an awesome interview. I definitely appreciate your time. So I'll turn the uh, mic over to you and, uh, you know, let you have it. Well, I mean, as far as, 
you, you, you have, you know, you've had older guys on the show. I'm one of the younger, one of the younger dudes. I can relate to younger people being, you know, 20 years old. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, as far as what I've learned from, from being in, in my, my short time of being in is that you get out of the military, which you put into it. And, um, you know, seeing a lot of people, they don't like where they're at and they don't like this or that and the other about the military. And I mean, it's not for everybody, but definitely put your best foot forward. If you have places that you want to go or things that you want to do, there are ways to get there. I mean, that's, that's really all I got. You know? Yeah. So, uh, definitely that, that, that drives a great point that, um, you know, being one of the younger, uh, listeners of the podcast and definitely the youngest interviewee, uh, that we've had so far, um, you're really making some adult decisions and I like where your head's at. Uh, you must have a great mentor, but, um, you're, um, you're going to do great, you know, and we thank you, uh, for your service and we thank you for, uh, the things that you haven't done yet. And we already look forward to your safe return uh, back to the United States of America. So uh, I appreciate uh, your time and, and your thoughts. And I'm sure our listeners do too. So thank you. Thanks for having me.